Hello, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset. And this is Gargana. And this is Q&A podcast number 23. We've got seven questions on a wide spectrum of topics of your uh, biohacking and life hacking interests. First of all, I have to mention what you hear here and find on my website, limitlessmindset.com, is not medical advice. I'm not a doctor. I'm just an experienced, unlicensed self-experimenter. I've got about eight years of self-experimentation under my belt, as well as above my belt. That <laughs> expression, that turn of phrase always sounds oddly, oddly sexual. So I, I'm not trying to go that direction with this podcast quite that early, but I'm just a guy who has devoted himself full-time to studying this sort of thing, reading books, doing a bunch of personal things on myself and measuring and recording results. And I'm just practicing free speech here, talking about my own extensive experiences and my interpretations of the published science that is out there. Before you order or ingest anything, before you do anything odd to your body upon my recommendations or recommendations of anyone else that you find on the internet, you should read an article, a rather long article I published on how to biohack smart and safe. And in that article, I outline steps, research steps that you should take taking some responsibility for your own path in life, for the uh, risks that you are going to be taking potentially, researching them thoroughly before you take those risks, and using risk in an intelligent way to thrive and to live better. And you should, of course, before you're going to do anything that's going to be interventionistic in your health, in your life, consult a doctor and ideally get a second and maybe even a third opinion from a doctor because often the first doctor that you can talk to can be wrong about things and it really is worthwhile to get a second opinion. Speaking of second opinions, I have an offer that a lot of people have taken advantage of and I, I love it when people take advantage of this because it allows me to make new friends out there in the world, which is that I do free consultations, biohacking, life hacking consultations with people that invest at least $100 in their biohacking, in their health, in their cognitive and, and uh, in their enhancement via some recommended vendors. I've tried well over a hundred smart drugs and nootropics at this point, ton of different products, different things that you've seen out there. And I think I have whittled down a list of really credible vendors that do business in an ethical way that have really upstanding practices and uh, unassailable quality assurance steps that they take in their products. And I list those all on a page on my website that you can find linked wherever you're taking a look at this, listening to this podcast. That's called the Limitless Mindset Secret Society. Or you can just Google that and you can find my list of recommended vendors. And as you're probably aware, this biohacking thing is not cheap. So it really is not hard to spend about a hundred bucks on different supplements or technologies or uh, high performance foods, as they say, that are available from some of those vendors. So if you are going to be dropping some coin on this, I would urge you to do it via the links on that page or the links that you can find anywhere on my website or my YouTube channel, and then forward me at the email address consultations at limitlessmindset.com, your receipts that are adding up to at least $100. And I'll get on Skype or the phone with you for about 30 minutes. And you can pick my brain, whatever questions you may have that you don't seem to find good answers for just Googling it. 
Google can be a great tool, but in a lot of ways, Google pales in comparison to talking with another human being that has the better part of a decade worth of experience with this sort of stuff. And again, it's a great way that I've made friends around the world. So I encourage you to take advantage of that. So we're going to dive into these questions here. But first, I will mention Bing, you know, the the face on the internet, more or less, for better or for worse, for nootropics and smart drugs, I get a lot of questions via all these different channels. And I do my best to talk with people about what they're struggling with, what they're trying to overcome in their life, what their goals are that they want to put in the rear view. And often I find that when I talk with people within about 10 to 15 minutes of talking with people and hearing about their challenges, I discover that really kind of the root cause is that they are lacking in discipline and and focus and follow through in their life. And this is certainly a challenge that I am no stranger to. I'll tell you a real short story about a year and a half ago, I had this really killer idea for a entrepreneurial endeavor that was kind of at the intersection of the gold industry and the cryptocurrency industry. It was a really great idea. And I got really excited about this. I was excited about it, wasn't I? I think so. And I went out there and I spent that $11 on GoDaddy to go and register a domain name. And then I started creating a website and then I got distracted and I stopped working on this great idea that I had. And I just let it sit there. And then as I'm sure you may have had the same experience if you're an entrepreneurial kind of person, you eventually get that email from GoDaddy telling you, you need to renew that domain name that you had purchased about a year ago. And you think to yourself, holy crap, that was such a good idea. I was so passionate about that thing that I wanted to do, about that thing that I wanted to build on the internet or, or elsewhere in life that I thought would really pay off, that I thought would really be a good thing. And then life got in the way. I got distracted. And... What I did in this situation, I had this idea for this company that was going to be called Marketplace.Gold. It was going to be a geo-gold cryptocurrency directory website. What I did was I said, okay, I'm going to double down on this idea. And so I went out there and I spent a couple hundred dollars on some premium software and tools. I got this premium domain name that actually cost me $110 a year marketplace.gold, go and check it out. And I discovered that once I had spent a little bit of money, I was way more motivated to work on this thing. I finally, I discovered that once I spent a little bit of money, not like thousands of dollars, but a little bit of money, a couple hundred dollars, I found that I suddenly was able to make the time to work on this thing that I was really passionate about. And you can go and check out this website and you can see that I have brought my vision, my good idea that I had into reality. And this is due to what I call the sunk cost motivational mechanism. And this is probably something that you've experienced. When you sink a bit of money into something, it just turns on this motivational mechanism in you to where you find the time, you find the energy to follow through and see what your vision, what your dream was, see it through to fruition. And it's the beginning of a new year. Ho hopefully you're still at the point in the year where you are running off of, off of discipline, where you are running off of self self-control, where you've got a bit of motivation from those New Year's resolutions that you made about a month and a half ago, and you're still working on your projects. But I would suggest to you that you get that sunk cost motivation working for you. And I'd like to help you with, with that. I have this lean life coaching 
program where we do two Skype or telephone consultations. We get on a one-on-one -on -one confidential call with each other and we talk about whatever it might be that you're struggling with. A lot of times people contact me about things that are related to their biohacking, the state of their mind. I have people that deal with even things like, uh, like they might have heavy metal toxicity. They might be struggling with something like depression because they had some cerebral injury that occurred a year ago and they just can't seem to get over it. And they just need a little bit of, of discipline. They just need another person there to push them a little bit to follow through on those goals. And so I'd urge you, along with everything else that you're doing, I might not be the right coach for you. I, I'm not for everybody. I have this form that I have people fill out on my website that is very thorough so that that way I can, I can filter so that I'm only working with the people that I can actually help. But I do respond to everyone that fills out that form. So don't, don't think that that form is just going to go out there into cyberspace and be ignored. If I can't help you, I'll direct you to some resource that I think might, but if you're serious about making this a great year, I'd encourage you to get in touch with me. Okay, Gargana, let's get into the questions. The first one is from Kilroy. Women's social media obsession equals men's porn addiction. And this was a video blog that we did together. Yes. More or less. Yeah. More or less. You were guest starring in this video blog. More or less, yes. I had a girlfriend who was addicted to her vibrator. She built up a tolerance so that she could only orgasm with the use of a vibrator. Her continued use of toys escalated to the point that she only wanted to have sex while using her wild and various tools. This became a problem as I felt ignored and slighted due to her addiction. Still, I don't see videos warning women about vibrator addictions. I wonder why. A lot of people think that vibrator use is perfectly okay and normal. But the truth is that if you can only have orgasms with the use of these toys, then it's by definition an addiction. Hmm... I wonder why there's no videos warning women about this. Is it maybe because the Illuminati are 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 are, are conspiring together with the transhumanists and the people in the Illuminati are going to transhumanize themselves into becoming vibrators, into becoming uh self-aware, conscious vibrators and then it's just going to be the illuminati having sex with all the women might that be i don't know jonathan maybe it's just because white straight males are usually demonized mm. i don't even know if kilroy is a white straight male anyways <laughs> <laughs> so he sounds I... like he's at least straight probably probably so <laughs> I, I, feel, male. I, I feel sorry for this guy. My, my, my first thought is that you probably want to find a new girlfriend because it feels like she's really kind of disregarding him, right? Mm-hmm. And... Therefore, she's dysfunctional. Mm, maybe, maybe. We don't want to psychoanalyze her from, from afar. But this, this is a problem, I've listened to a number of podcasts with different sexperts, like the uh, Sex Nerd Sandra podcast, and there's another good podcast called Sex with Emily, and uh, there's a lot of uh, women out there that, that talk about this, that it, is, that it is a bit of a problem. You know, a, a vibrator is kind of, is kind of equivalent to porn because a vibrator it's going to be able a vibrator is going to do things that a penis can never do unfortunately i've tried i've tried uh but like it's a vibrator 
No, I've tried to <laughs> emulate, emulate what a vibrator does with my own, with my own parts. And I remain, I remain unsuccessful. I'll keep trying, but, but I've, but I, a man is not going to, is not going to equal what a vibrator can do for a woman's, for a woman's pleasure down there and there are some sex experts that warn about this so i would say i would kind of put vibrators in that same sort of category as porn that maybe if you use them in in moderation if you use them a very little bit then they could be okay then they could be a part of normal sexuality be a part of our our fun time that we have with our body as adults but it can definitely be an addiction, and I would say if if your girlfriend is unwilling to put down her vibrator and enjoy making love the old-fashioned way, I would say that's probably a good sign to move on. Uh, and then I also have two recommendations here. Is So a lot of times a woman will have kind of her A woman, I believe the way this works, is she'll kind of have her stimulatory set point set very high by a vibrator. She, Her body gets used to what a vibrator does to her. And the way that you can make the vagina more sensitive and that you can increase pleasure in sex is doing kegels. Kegels are a really good idea for both men and women. And in women in particular, if you habituate kegels and do them regularly, it makes the, it makes sex much more pleasurable. It makes the orgasms more intense. And there is an app that I've heard, I've heard all sorts of praise sung for this app. In fact, I'm going to download it like right now because I've heard so many great things about it and I've been procrastinating on downloading it. And it's called Kegel Camp. And this is by a uh, woman, a sexpert. Her name is Sex with Emily. Or actually, no, that's not her name. That's the name of her podcast. I think her name is Emily Morse, I believe. I'll look that up. We'll put it in the notes for this podcast. But this app, it kind of t- it gamifies kegels and it takes you through these different levels of kegel mastery where you first start out as like a a kegel padawan and then eventually you level up to being like you know baby kegel a baby kegel yes yes like a baby kegel and then eventually you become like a a jedi kegel just you know like yielding a a uh, lightsaber of powerful uh, pubococcygygus contractions. So if if there's a woman out there that is kind of desensitized or she's just trying to improve the sensation of sex, improve the likelihood of having uh, vaginal orgasms, uh, Kegel, that app and doing Kegels is a really good idea. Kegels are not an instant satisfaction thing. You need to do them for some time before they really make a noticeable difference in your sex life. You need to do them, I've heard, in between about a month to three months, sometimes as much as six months, I guess depending upon how much time you're spending daily doing your Kegels. But that's a that's a sex hack that consistently puts smiles on everybody's face. And then I would recommend if you're if you feel like you're kind of failing to really please your girlfriend and she's looking to uh, mechanical implements, check out the tantric sex chapters that are in my book, which is called How to Be Cross-Eyed Thriving Despite Your Physical Imperfection. And I do a couple chapters in there talking about some sex hacks that you really don't hear very much about that I would say have made a a difference to us. Mm-hmm. Agree. Next question. Lauren on Twitter. Just read one of your articles about 5-HTP. I find it's the only thing that helps with pervasive low mood and depression, but am worried about long-term side effects. And you mentioned it shouldn't be used long-term. Really interesting article. I was also born cross-eyed, but had surgery at a young age in an attempt to correct it. 
still have a lazy left eye. Always wondered if my brain wiring was what affected both my eyes and my mental state. What do you recommend instead of 5-HTP? Hey, Lauren. Great to hear from you. I'm so happy when Twitter actually helps me to get in touch with people that are interested in biohacking. Usually Twitter is just a ridiculous waste of time for me. So yeah, 5-HTP can be helpful in the case of bad mood and depression, but 5-HTP has all these different side effects that are associated with it that make it kind of problematic, that make 5-HTP supplementation pretty far from the first thing that I recommend to people that are struggling with depression. I would urge you to check out the chapter of my book. Actually, I have a book on being cross-eyed. It might, it might interest you. You might like it. Admittedly, the book is kind of for men, but I have at least one chapter in there that I'd urge you to read, and I do have this chapter on Medium as well, so I will link to it. And it's a very thorough chapter where I go through a holistic solution to overcoming depression. So you are going to want to look at a real host of factors. You're going to want to look at uh, first of all, I'll mention a lot of people struggle with depression in the winter time when the weather is cold, you're not spending so much time outside, when the weather is a lot more overcast and you're not getting that good vitamin D. It's called seasonal affective disorder and it's a mild form of depression that affects a, a vast proportion of the population. And I am surmising that that might be part of your issue because you sent me this tweet here in the middle of the winter time. So there's a number of things that you can do to address seasonal affective disorder and depression in general. First of all, you want to look at your vitamin D levels because chronically people usually have a shortage of vitamin D in the wintertime because of the lack of sunshine that I mentioned. But the, the major issue can also become the absorption of vitamin D because vitamin D requires a couple of things to be properly absorbed and utilized by your system so that you can maintain a positive, upbeat mood. And there's two crucial cofactors to it, which is vitamin K2 and, well, maybe not crucially, but uh, also a good idea to take along with it is vitamin A. And then your UVB light, so the light that you naturally get from the sun, is real crucial to it. You can actually supplement a lot of vitamin D, but if you're not getting about 15 to 20 minutes of sunlight daily, your body is not going to utilize a whole lot of it. You're actually kind of wasting some of the money that you might be spending on your vitamin D if you're not getting that dose of sunlight along with it. So ideally, try to get out there and get about 15-20 minutes of sun daily, even during the winter time. If this is not really an option to you, you can check out UVB lights. Like there's one called the Juve light, which is kind of the gold standard for uh, for, for this sort of thing. I'll mention a couple of other supplementation options that I'd encourage you to consider in lieu of 5-HTP, which is probably, first of all, rhodiola. Rhodiola is this adaptogen, and I would almost kind of call it like a smart adaptogen, because if you're auton you have your autonomic nervous system and your autonomic nervous system is supposed to kind of adjust itself up and down depending upon how much energy and motivation you need for a given situation, a given day, a given week, a given month of life. But a lot of times our autonomic nervous systems kind of get stuck in either overdrive or underdrive. And rhodiola will 
restore some elasticity to your autonomic nervous system where it is intelligently adjusting itself for when you need to be high energy and for when you really want to relax and get some good sleep and chill out a bit. And rhodiola, especially for me and for a lot of other people, has an amazing antidepressant effect. Importantly, you want to get high quality rhodiola. You can buy rhodiola at almost any pharmacy or vitamin cottage out there, but a lot of times it's low quality, so you really don't want to get the cheapest stuff. I'll direct you to the rhodiola sources that I have on my website, like Lost Empire Herbs. You want to get the organic stuff. You want to get stuff that is validated by a COA showing that it has at least 97% purity. And then what I've found is that if you put rhodiola in a nice tea and you drink it as a tea, that it really peps you up. It kind of feels like a powerful cup of coffee, doesn't it? Yes, when you have taken it in the afternoon, it can keep you up at night. Along with rhodiola, I'll suggest something totally on the other side of the nootropic spectrum, which is paracetam. And paracetam is the original nootropic smart drug, and there's been uh, numerous human clinical studies that have been done on it. I will, about once a year, I'll do a meta-analysis of the studies on paracetam and also on the anecdotal evidence, what people are saying about paracetam. Because there's many thousands, if not millions of people out there that use paracetam and a lot of them write about their experiences on different forums online and really consistently I hear that paracetam is a pretty effective antidepressant that works pretty quickly for people. So I would suggest that and then let's see some other some other life hacks for depression. You're going to want to check out an article and a video that I did on what I term intermittent antidepressive meditation. You've probably heard about meditation as something that can alleviate depression and inter intermittent antidepressant meditation also goes by the name loving kindness meditation. And this is a low time commitment meditation method. What you do with this is you want to spend about 10 seconds every hour, which might sound like a kind of a funny amount of time to spend, you want to spend about 10 seconds every hour of the day wishing someone else in your life, in your past, in your present, whatever, wishing them the best. So I could just think of my mother and think, ah, I hope my mother is having a really nice day. I hope things are going well for her today. And if you do this with some consistency, this uh, just, I guess, projection of good energy, good juju out there into the universe, it really does make you feel a whole lot happier. This is something that Tim Ferriss wrote about in his book. And I've got a little bit of a life hack for this to actually remember to do this, which is that I will try to do my wishing of someone else happiness when I go to the bathroom because I drink a lot of fluids, a lot of water, tea, coffee, etc. So I probably go to the bathroom about once an hour, maybe, maybe less frequently depending. And that'll just be my little reminder to wish someone else the best. And I would, uh, I would recommend that. And then I will give you a very unconventional recommendation. I was mentioning earlier some of these other sex experts that are out there, like Emily Morse and uh, the sex nerd Sandra. And then there was another lady that Dave Asprey interviewed who is very knowledgeable. I'll link to that. And what a lot of these female sex experts speak about frequently is actually how powerful semen is as a antidepressant. That's that's right. I'm recommending blowjobs as a solution to 
depression. And this is because the uh, semen is a product of all these different vitamins. Actually, the that particular fluid that men produce is the result is it's like a refining of many many different vitamins that we consume and that are metabolized by our bodies and i know it's a bit bold for me to suggest this but the the evidence is really really strong that especially for women being in a healthy uh, monogamous relationship that that is a major major factor that that is a really big uptick in general psychological well-being for women and so i would just urge you i have no idea if you're single or if you're happily married but if you are single i would urge you to meet a guy that is really into taking care of his health and I would bet my bottom dollar that that will make a big difference in your overall uh, happiness and in maintaining a, a higher level of mood. All right. And she also asked me about the, about the brain wiring with the, with the crossed eye. And this is something that I've looked into because I am also cross-eyed. And there's a, there's a book about this. What was the name of that book? Which one? The book that you got me by the, by the Russian oh, guy. Oh, uh, Norbekov? By, by Norbekov? Norbekov, yes. There was the Norbekov book and it had a really funny title. It was yeah, like... Something about glasses? The man who decided to finally figure out how to give up his glasses. Yes, something like that. Some really funny title like that. And Norbekov? Yes. His name is Norbekov? Yes. We will link to that book because it had a really funny title to it and I don't remember it. And good exercises for your eyesight. Yes, it had these different exercises for naturally restoring vision and it... uh, this is something that I have not done because my vision issue that is so obvious whenever you watch my YouTube videos is due to issues that I have with my optic nerve, actually. So it's possible that your, that your lazy eye that you mentioned might have something to do with your optic nerve. And this is a bit more of a complicated situation. However, there is, there is some hope for this. And this is something that I hope to self-experiment with in the future and maybe report back on, which is that stem cell therapy can restore damaged optic nerves. And apparently, I'm going to research this a bit, a bit further before I make any really strong recommendations, but apparently, if you are using uh, stem cells on your for your optic capacity, your stem cells can actually help for your nerves that might be damaged to reattach to the parts of your brain where they need to communicate for your eyes to work properly. In fact, there was a Ben Greenfield podcast where he was talking about this. So I will link to that. And I hope that those uh, depression hacks help you out. I hope that they make your world a bit more bright. Next question. Don't think you'll answer this, but what's the best combination of brain supplements? Best combination of brain supplements. Well, there's about two to three hundred supplements and nutraceuticals and pharmaceuticals that fall into this general category of brain supplements or nootropics. And it really depends. What I would kind of urge to this guy is that he fill out that form on my website that is going to ask him a bunch of specific questions about what his biohacking goals are, what his uh, issues are, and that will allow me to narrow down a lot better what what he might be what he should be using but i can make a couple of generalizations here 
there's a there's a stack that I really like that I was using for a while that was called Neurostack. And it was using lion's mane as its active ingredient. And then it contained a lot of other really important brain supporting nutrients. So as far as a stack, something like that is a good idea. You might also want to check out a combination of racetams. Racetams in particular are really well proven. They have really, really safe uh, proven experiments done with them where they would give actually rats, they'd, they'd give rats vast amounts of these racetams. And they discovered that the toxicity is virtually non-existent with these racetams. And they have a real consistent effect on your long-term memory, on your short-term working memory, on your mood. The racetams, you typically want to combine them with an acetylcholine precursor. So I had this product that I was, uh, that I was formulating and using myself for quite a while called Kabaijo that combined a number of different racetams along with alpha GPC. Furthermore, I'd recommend that you check out an article I did on something called the Paracetam protocol, which is a combination of different things that it's a real good idea to combine paracetam with so that it works optimally in your system and also so that you don't exhaust the neurobiological pathways that paracetam is going down. So these are things like Alcar, you want to get a potassium source in there so that your sterone, uh, so that your hormone aldosterone is going to be functioning at its best. So check out some of those things. And again, send in that form and I can probably make some more specific recommendations to you in person. Next question. Aging reversed on pros versus cons of resveratrol. I don't like wine, so I take, res take resveratrol instead. And a man is supposed to be better Though, David Sinclair says he takes 500 milligrams of resveratrol along with nicotinamide mononucleotide and a man supplement. What do you think of that? I think you did a good job of pronouncing that really hard to pronounce chemical name of that stuff. I'm not a big fan of resveratrol for otherwise healthy biohackers. I would say if you're a older person and, or if you're really struggling with obesity, resveratrol is probably a pretty good idea. But there's really a lot better antioxidants out there that I direct your attention to. Something like pterostilbene is, a, is, is similar, but it, it, it's a better antioxidant. Right now, I am researching C60 or the Buckminster fullerene, that funky looking soccer ball shaped molecule that is a super antioxidant. So if I, I, those are what I would take as if I was really trying to uh, optimize the antioxidant in my system. And then NMN is a precursor to NAD+, which is that really essential molecule that our mitochondria require. Or it's, uh, you might have heard people speaking about nicotinamide riboside. So what I would do is if I wanted to, if I was going to be taking these things to optimize my mitochondrial function, to optimize antioxidants, I would go with some of the NAD plus supplements like True Niagen. I'm going to write that down and add that to the show notes or go with the nicotinamide riboside. I just don't like resveratrol that much because of that uh, blunting effect that it has on exercise and endurance. If I'm going to, you know, kick my ass in the gym, I want to get the maximum bang for my buck out of that. I don't want a little bit of resveratrol too to blunt those effects. Next question. Is from Warrior Styles. What do you think of 
phenylalanine in the treatment of bipolar disorder depression? I looked this up and there's actually no clinical human studies that were specifically on phenylalanine and bipolar depression alanine. that I could find on PubMed. So it maybe won't be the first thing that I would reach for to try to address that. Although there were two papers that I will link to. One was called Nutritional Therapies for Mental Disorders, where they were using phenylalanine and they were using, they were evaluating phenylalanine in depression and they found that there was some benefit. And then there was another study, the subjective and cognitive effects of acute phenylalanine and tyrosine depletion in patients recovered from depression. And they were showing there that phenylalanine and tyrosine was a pretty good stack for depressed people. Phenylalanine is probably not going to hurt, but the clinical evidence is not as strong as with two other things that I found that you may want to try, which is uridine. Uridine is a really powerful, uh, multi talented nootropic. And there is a human clinical trial that demonstrated uridine as being real helpful for people with bipolar disorder. And it's a great general nootropic that helps with uh, cognitive, verbal capacity, that gives you more energy, that uh, modulates mood. So I would suggest uridine. And then there was also a 2013 paper where they were combining Alcar and CoQ10. And I will quote from that. Mitochondrial modulators treatment targets mitochondrial dysfunction, oxidative stress, altered brain energy metabolism, and dysregulation of multiple mitochondrial genes in patients with bipolar disorder. Convergent data implicate mitochondrial dysfunction as an important component of the pathophysiology of bipolar disorder. So a lot of times these diseases, uh, these mental conditions such as bipolar, they have their origin in an underlying mitochondrial dysfunction. And that can be addressed with mitochondrial supplementation. But mitochondrial supplementation is often not a instant satisfaction thing. A lot of times it can take you in between several months to six months, maybe as much as nine months, a year of consistent supplementation for it to normalize your mitochondrial process and move you beyond your bipolar depression. So please Try out some of those things and get back in touch with us. Let us know how these biohacks work for you to address the bipolar depression. Next. Next question is from Dirty DYL Daddy 69 Pain. <laughs> if I just took a larger dose of choline, would I get the same result as less alpha GPC? I would say no, I would say not. There's a couple of articles and there was a great video that our friend Ryan Michael Ballo did on uh, choline, CDP choline versus alpha GPC. And you've probably heard from me or from other sources that alpha GPC is a more bioavailable source of choline because what typically happens with these with these supplements or even with food is that you consume something in one molecular form and then your body metabolizes it and processes it into a into the constituent molecular part of the biochemistry and the neurochemistry that we need to to function as human beings in this crazy world. And there is a bit of a debate amongst biohackers as to whether CDP choline or alpha GPC is better. Both CDP and alpha GPC are better than just the 
basic choline or choline bitartrate. So you're going to want to reach for alpha-GPC or CDP choline as opposed to just taking uh, you know, a giant spoonful of choline or whatever. Generally, the okay, the CDP choline is regarded as being more stimulatory. That's going to be more of a classic nootropic effect where you got like a bunch of energy and motivation to get things done. Whereas alpha GPC is going to be, that's going to stimulate cognition in a bit more subtle way. So you'd want to check out the video by Ryan Ocobalo that I'll link to. And then there was another article that was on mindlabpro.com actually, which is a great product by the way. And they compare these two things. But yeah, you kind of want to think about, do you want to be, do you want to be like more higher energy? Do you want to be like Mr. Caffeine dude who's like running around the place getting a million things done? Or do you want to have your cognition and your memory enhanced a bit more? And that'll, that, that'll determine whether you want to go with CDP choline or with alpha GPC. So ultimately, the smart thing to do here is to just test both of them and see how they affect you differently. Next question. Last question for today's podcast. It's from Bob. I've been meaning to ask, do you think NAC could help taper off Fenibut? I haven't heard people taking it for Fenibut, and I think it would be great if it's viable. If it is, could you make some awareness? So Fenibut can really have a dark side. I recommend Fenibut highly to people that have non-addictive personality types for precisely this reason. It can become really addictive. It can be something that you need to take every single day or else you get really nasty withdrawal symptoms. So if you are going to use Fenibut, again, you know, think about your personality. Think about your history. If you've had issues with addiction, with alcoholism, stay away from Fenibut. NAC, I wrote a big long article about NAC that has done particularly well on Medium about how NAC is a supplement that can really help people to recover from vice. And it's particularly helpful for alcoholics. Probably all recovering alcoholics should be using NAC virtually every day for maybe the next 10 years of their life. Now, this made me think, okay, Fenibut is in a lot of ways similar to alcohol. It's a gobergic, and Fenibut kind of makes you feel like you've been drinking alcohol. However, I went out there and I did some research. I looked for studies that would indicate that NAC helped with Fenibut withdrawal, and there really aren't very many studies that are done on Fenibut addiction. So I turned over to Longevity and to Reddit, to these large biohacker communities online where people are always talking about this sort of thing. And I found a few people mentioning that it was helpful, which again is, that's kind of what I would expect because they are both gobergics. NAC does modulation of the glutamate system. And a lot of times when people are dealing with alcoholism or with Fenibut addiction, their glutamate system can be out of whack and the NAC can help to normalize this. So I would say if you're, if you're getting off of Fenibut, it's, it's worth a try. It might help. Or I'm sorry, if you're getting off of Fenibut, NAC is worth a try. But there's not really strong clinical evidence for this. I, I hope that you'll try. I'm not sure if you're asking for yourself or if you're asking for someone else, but I'd love to hear someone follow up. Hey, maybe what I could do is I could do an experiment where I start consuming atrocious amounts of Fenibut, and then eventually I'll get addicted to Fenibut, and then I can take NAC and see if NAC helps me to overcome my, my, uh, Tony Montana, Scarface-like addiction to Fenibut. No. Okay. 
My wife told me I'm not allowed to run that <laughs> biohacking experiment, so you'll have to do it yourself, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I'm also going to mention, if you're tapering off a fenibute, well, I think you're... I think you're saying the right thing here. You want to taper off things. You don't want to go cold turkey off of things. That's how you get those really bad withdrawals that just make life really terrible. So you want to decrease incrementally the dosage over time. And a real good idea is to add some other gobergics that are a little bit healthier. Things like L-theanine, which is a classic gobergic that's totally... Uh, that's totally healthy and safe. You can just drink a few extra glass, a few extra cups of green tea daily to enhance your GABA levels. Ashwagandha enhances GABA. Panax ginseng enhances GABA. And then so do the, the novel kind of research chemical, kind of fringy racetams, nifiracetam and faso. Racetam. I'm not really a big fan of those two racetams. I think that they are a bit unproven. They're kind of in a high-risk category of nootropics, but they are gobergic racetams. So if you're really struggling with that, that yearning for GABA because your fenibut intake has decreased, you would want to look into those things. Well, it has been a pleasure to be in your ear today talking to you about all of these interesting things. Again, I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset. And I'm Gargana. And we look forward to continued conversation with you guys. As always, cheers. Legal notices. If you or someone you know developed or created a concept, piece of content, or idea shared on this show, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com so we can mention them in the show notes or provide a backlink. We want to give credit where credit is due. As a listener to the Limitless Mindset Podcast, we hope you have and practice common sense. However, since some of the content covered in this show deals with subjects of a health, legal, or business nature, this show is for entertainment purposes. If you need recommendations of doctors, nutritionists, or attorneys to consult before making decisions that may have health or legal repercussions, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com.